0: Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe.
1: Yep, who else did you expect, right? The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midget production. And today... Well, we've got a, a global guest. He is actually originally from Chicago, but he is in a, a hotel in Toronto this weekend. His name is Andy Cernovitz, Chief Executive Officer of Word-of-Mouth Marketing Association. I really liked a, a, one of the other businesses that he had, Brad. It was called Gas Pedal. Oh, oh, that's great a great idea. idea. That's, a, that's a great name. We've also and got for, to...
2: Go I was ahead. just going to mention, he. Unfortunately, the hotel that he's in yeah. has his wife there, too.
1: Or fortunately for Andy. That's what he said. That's exactly right. And that is the answer that he wants. <laughs> Patrick Meyer is with us here just a few moments away, the Marketing Insider. It's called Momentum, Up or Down? You decide. Nice. And also, Jeffrey Ginnemer, a little bit later on this uh, this segment, uh, actually this hour, with the email taking over. We already know that. And how come they keep raising the postal rate if email's taking over, huh?
2: And they're losing money.
1: God help us, if the postal service buys the email service, that'll be very <laughs> expensive. So So how are you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing great. And by the way, I forgot to mention before going uh, on the air today with uh, Andy, w- w- during a pre-interview with Andy the earlier in the week, he mentioned that he's a big fan of the advertising show, and he listens to us, Ray, uh-huh. while he does his, as I recall him saying, uh, workout or treadmill or something. So That's a good thing. If you get wet today.
1: <laughs> if you get wet, you mean sweating? sweating on you, yes.
2: <laughs> No, uh, he's yeah. up in Toronto. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe we'll find out. Uh, don't know that that's germane to today's uh, interview. But what the heck?
1: Probably enjoying some great food and wonderful weather as well. It's a great, great town. Oh yeah, it's incredible. I was there uh, back in the uh, I think it was back in the 70s, and uh, it was incredible back then. The the air is so clear. The mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it, it's amazing. Good place to be, and uh, we've got um, a lot of things going on here. Uh, As we roll closer to the holiday uh, and, and the proverbial Black Friday, Flat panel TV prices are accelerating ahead of Black Friday. Basically, they're trying to wrap up sales, I guess. Consumer electronics retailers are accelerating price cuts on the flat screen TVs ahead, uh, which could mean some uh, good bargains uh, for everybody out there. Best Buy, Walmart, uh, plan to offer 42-inch LCD or plasma TVs less than a grand according to one of the company's after-Thanksgiving ads posted on several deal-oriented Internet sites. So basically, they're just making them available for people to see, I guess, kind of to whet their appetite. There's one called (laughs) gotadeal.com. The cheapest 42-inch flat-screen TVs currently on walmart.com, $11.48 and $11.99 on bestbuy.com as as well. So Hmm. a lot of good things. They're looking to sell lots of products stock market 's doing good as well uh, yeah it 's incredible
2: you know, it's an, essentially you mentioned that you mentioned walmart they 're getting a lot of flack right now about uh, the prices that they 're planning on uh, with major appliances and televisions and so forth that they 're undercutting the market and trying to you know capture their their market share as anyone would and uh, uh, it, they're getting some negative publicity right now. I don't think Walmart uh, is in a position to be uh, enjoying any more negative publicity. You know, when when you think of football and beverages, Ray, what do you think of? Uh, Diet Coke, no. <laughs> Beer, of course. But uh, apparently the execs at Mendocino Wine Company have got a better idea. Wonderful, former Chicago wonderful. Bear. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, today's guest, originally out of Chicago, uh, Chicago Bears uh, head coach Mike Ditka, former head coach, I suppose, uh, is and a endorsing...
1: And golfer, by the way,
2: too. Is that right? You yeah. play with him? No, I've seen him play. Yeah. Uh, he's endorsing a new product line for the Mendocino Wine uh, Company, but in particular, uh, they're unveiling new offerings, which, of course, include Mike Ditka's name, along the lines of Mike, Mike Ditka's kick-ass red, Mike Ditka's Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. I would think Cabernet Sauvignon would also be the kick-ass red, but apparently that's a blend of some sort. And then Probably. Ditka's Da Coach Pinot Grigio. Da coach. And oh, Merlot. Right. Ditka was reportedly involved in every aspect of the grape blending. figures <laughs> you have to say that if you're going to be endorsing it, involved in every aspect. Of it. Right. Yeah. Get out of my drug here. And uh, um, and of course, Ditka is also helping to market the product by serving it in his restaurants in Chicago, which cool uh, we'll that? have to ask today's guest if he's been to. So Ditka's. This, a, no. it's a meat place, isn't it? Ray? Steak, I think.
1: Well, you would think so. Yeah. Or either that or Kilbasi or something like that, right?
2: Yeah. So, but anyway, that's, that's
1: interesting. You know if you 're going to pay ten bucks five or ten bucks for a, a glass of something might as well be wine it 's probably going to be yeah. more like ten to fifteen bucks for a glass though
2: yeah well, that 's a weird uh, i think it 's a weird uh, we always talk about some kind of uh, association or uh, right. relevance when you have a uh, endorser i 'm not sure I get that relevance there with Ditka and wine, but who knows
1: well there 's a lot of golfers too that have uh, wineries the, they market their own wines mm-hmm. that 's you know greg norman is a, is right. a big uh, for uh, Australian, Australian wine, yes. wine, Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm.
2: think so. You're so right. It's, uh, it's but, I mean, you know, stuff. you don't put a Ditka with the wine. You put him with the beer. In fact, he was w, a light beer right? uh, spokesperson for a while, wasn't he?
1: W. Let's put somebody else together here, okay? Here's Patrick Meyer. Welcome to Understanding the Future
3: Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer.
4: I'm going to talk to you today about brand mo. Brand momentum when it's up and when it's down. You may know that we have a survey at NOW that's called the Now and Not Now Survey, where we assess brands that are NOW, that consumers love, would recommend, and find relevant to their lifestyle. There are also brands that are completely not NOW, that are irrelevant, that are lost, that in some cases even hopeless. But an interesting part to this survey is the brand momentum score. Brands that are skewing up, trending up with energy and vitality, and those that are trending down. Let me give you two examples both more high-tech brands, valued on Wall Street a tremendous amount of money, high flyers at different points. One is AOL and one is Yahoo. But let me show you the fundamental difference between the two. AOL in our Now Not Now survey, 40% felt that the brand was not now, totally not now, or hopelessly not now. In contrast, Yahoo had 76% of people saying that it was now, totally now, now, somewhat now. 32% of people said that Yahoo had upswing in momentum, and AOL had zero momentum, actually negative momentum going the other way. My message to you is simple. You need to create vitality in your brand, energy that consumers can feel. The way you do that, first look in the mirror with young people, progressive people, and say, what's working or not working for us, and what do they want? Talk to your core consumer, your heavy consumer, even your competitive consumer. Understand what they want. Second, focus on driving that proposition, news value, innovation in a whole new way so they feel the momentum and they see tangible benefits and beacons of that momentum. Third, bringing creative energy and media energy and retail energy to your brand. Find your way to a whole new dynamic energy or momentum.
3: You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future
1: of marketing.
4: I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now.
1: On the way here in just a couple of moments on the advertising show, our special guest out of Toronto this weekend, Andy Cernovitz is chief executive officer of Word of Mouth Marketing Association. I'm sure he's told all of his friends... And they're going to tell their friends and so on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. He's a 14-year vet of the interactive marketing business, a visiting scholar at the Wharton School of Business. That's not Wharton, Texas. Where (laughs) he taught internet entrepreneurship and is the founder and president uh, emeritus of the Association for Interactive Marketing, which is also called AIM, which is also a toothpaste. In 93, uh, Andy began pulling the internet industry together under AIM, which uh, grew to represent more... Uh, Internet companies than any other organization. As de facto Washington uh, representative for the industry, the Internet industry, Andy was involved in the formative policy debates surrounding privacy, spam, and other key Internet issues. But he probably still gets spammed at his home computer, I'm sure. I hope oh, so. No. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, with that said, let's uh, bring on Andy here on the Advertising Show. Gray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
0: Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around these days, there seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze.
1: I'm a pepper Now, Brad, a I can never get used to use all pepper, the different we're flavors we're of pepper. Pepper. Dr. Like it's to a like... Pepper. It's like you got cherry, vanilla, coconut, uh, peanut, uh, Dr. Pepper. This doesn't uh-huh. work for me. I don't know. We, uh, we talked about Andy Cernovitz and uh, he is the chief executive officer of Word of Mouth Marketing Association. And Andy, uh, you're in Toronto uh, this weekend. Are you skiing, curling, playing hockey, or what are you doing? Hockey.
5: Uh, I'm here for the first Canadian Word of Mouth Marketing Conference, and I'm here to eat.
1: Well, well. that's two good reasons. Did, did
2: anybody hear about it through your word of mouth?
5: I hope so. We love to talk Ah. about stuff and get people involved
2: and spread the word. Yeah. Uh, While we're talking about it, how how would you uh, gauge the uh, uh, word of mouth marketing effort in in uh, Canada versus uh, U.S.? Are they up to speed with what we do in the, as they say, lower forty-eight?
5: They are. They're they're quite up to speed, and it's it's a a good conference, and it's a good it's a good marketing community up here. It's very exciting to be to be out. You know, spreading the word on the word-of-mouth business and knowing that it's taken root everywhere.
2: Well, uh, Ray was mentioning how he'd been to Toronto uh, many years ago. I, myself, as well as with my wife, we were in uh, Toronto, and uh, gosh, uh, great food, kind of a, a small version of New York and uh, less crime. I don't think sure. I should have I'm said sure. that, but I already said it, sorry. <laughs> uh, let, let's start with an easy one, Andy. For our audience that may not be familiar, give us a working definition of word-of-mouth marketing.
5: Very simple, two-part definition. Uh, part one is giving people a reason to talk about your stuff and the second part is making it easier for the conversation to take place So what well, that means is yeah. you got to be remarkable you got to be interesting you got to be goofy because nobody talks about boring products or boring ads and then you use things like blogs and email and online communities to keep that conversation going and giving people a reason to talk and just keeping the the, the fires burning
2: so I think many of our, our listeners have heard the terms uh, buzz marketing, stealth marketing, uh, viral marketing. Are these all considered components of word of mouth?
5: Yeah, some of, some of what you mentioned is evil. So word word of mouth marketing is the good stuff. It's viral emails, it's communities, it's blogs, it's all the honest techniques that you can use to engage with consumers, to get the conversation started, to further the conversation. Stealth marketing is anything that is deceptive. Mm-hmm. It's lying about who you are. It's sending actors into news groups. It's all the, all the invasive and dishonest practices. And we fight every day against the, against the dishonest practices, and we're the, the champions of what we think is the only consumer-friendly form of advertising there is.
2: And I know you guys have guidelines for your, your members. Are, are you finding that uh, all in all the, the voluntary guidelines and, uh, that you guys put out are being adhered to by the word-of-mouth marketing companies out there?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's a, a strong interest in, in creating an ethical word-of-mouth community. I think that people who want to do word-of-mouth marketing realize that our medium is consumer trust, that it's getting people to like us and respect us because nobody talks about the businesses they don't have respect for. It's, um, so it's earning that trust and maintaining that trust, trust is protecting our medium. So you blow the trust, you don't get word of mouth.
2: So, so does your organization? Is it more of? I mean, is it the policing arm of of, uh, of, of these kinds of practices, or do you? Is it all voluntary? How, how do you how do you make sure everybody lines up with, with you guys?
5: We're, we're not we're not the policing arm. It's um, just because it's not it's, it's not within our power to do so, but we're very much about education and prevention. You know, it's, it's really easy for a junior staffer at, a, at an ad agency or a PR firm or a brand to go start a $5 blog or to have a couple interns go into message boards. So we're, we're big on teaching what's wrong and making sure wrong doesn't happen and making sure people know exactly what not to do in advance
2: you know, Walmart, uh, has been in the news. Ray and I talked about them during our first segment. They, they ran into a bit of a PR problem recently since you mentioned a blog, uh, and it doesn't take much to do this, but yet here, Walmart, uh, for those who may not be familiar with it, uh, you know, maybe you can describe in greater detail, but they ran into a bit of a problem with a, a blog and as they were doing what you just said, they were doing a bit of a stealth uh, version of a, a blog. In other words, not being forthcoming that it was uh, backed by uh, a PR effort, the PR firm for Walmart, and they ran into some, some issues and uh, ultimately uh, a bit of a backfire there. Can you describe uh, what they did wrong and, and maybe how they could have done that the right way?
5: Sure. I mean, it's, um, it's a situation that we'll probably see more of where you've got you know, one one account exec for one company, or for, for one PR firm working for one client had PR firm employees pretending to be regular people blogging. In this case, Walmart customers doing a blog. And other bloggers discovered what was happening, and they exposed it, which sort of covers the policing function. The blogosphere tends to do a good job of taking care of these kind of problems. And then Walmart came in with a whole series of restrictions, and we put them on review and said, here are the things that you need to do to educate your staff to get off probation.
2: And you know Edelman or Edelman, however you want to pronounce that, was the agency behind that effort, as i recall, and I thought they were a little slow on uh forthcoming and and divulging you know their they didn't involvement know how to answer the question they really didn't know and I thought a slow response and here they're talking about damage control for their own organization uh is is a no no when it comes to that what What are your thoughts on that Andy?
5: Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it sort of speaks for itself. I mean, you know, I think they responded within you know, three or four days. And you know, it's, it's it's interesting how how expectations have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're expected to be real-time every day, we responding to anything anyone blogs about us. So yeah, I think they did a good job. They're doing all the right things, and they're fixing the problem
2: you know a lot of companies and i'm not i just want to dispel a few uh thoughts and ideas about uh word of mouth so many companies get nervous i think when when they uh think about using word of mouth because they fear negative buzz about their product and you know they feel like they they lose a bit of control uh, over you know who's going to be saying what are there uh are there examples of companies who have you know, benefited from negative feedback in terms of product development? And in particular, uh, is this a common experience in terms of uh, you know, running into some issues with control and fear from clients' willingness to even participate in these kind of things?
5: Yeah, this is a very interesting question. It, um, companies think, oh, if I open up logs or if I engage in the consumer conversation, then all these people are gonna say bad things about me which in many ways is turning reality on its head Mm -hmm. because right now consumers are talking about your brand and they're talking online, they're talking offline, they're talking in blogs, they're talking in message boards and whether or not you participate the negative word of mouth is going to be out there anyway that a lot of what the word of mouth marketing philosophy is all about is that if you hope to have an input into the conversation if you hope to make it positive you've got to join the conversation that sitting on the sidelines doesn't help at all that getting involved, that blogging yourself, that becoming a part of the community gives you standing, gives you credibility, gives you respect and really lets you have an impact on that negative conversation and and hopefully turn it into something positive
2: so you're you're suggesting that uh, to not participate is a bigger risk
5: to not participate is a bad idea that the, the the new expectation by consumers is that companies have to listen, and that companies have to talk. And I think I think Dell is a great example, where a year ago they were getting beaten up by the bloggers for being hands off and non responsive, and the story was as much their non responsiveness as whatever customer service complaints were out there. You look you look forward a year and where they are today, and Dell has a whole lot of employees who are empowered to talk to bloggers, to fix customer service complaints, to participate on message boards, and they're very open about who they are and that they work at Dell. And they're earning respect. And to take it further, you got Microsoft, which has got nine thousand employee bloggers, all saying whatever they want. And you see Microsoft's trust ratings getting better and better every day.
1: This is the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings here and Brad Forsyth. Our special guest out of Toronto this weekend is Andy Cernovitz, CEO of the uh, Word of Mouth Marketing Association. Uh, also author of the Word of Mouth Marketing, How Smart Companies Get People Talking. Wordofmouthbook.com is that website. We've got more with Andy and a lot more to come here today on the Advertising Show being powered by Shippel.com and a program called Tendency. Check it out. It's an incredible marketing tool. S-C-H-I-P-U-L dot com is the place to go. So we'll be Back with more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe and Andy Cernovitz. Just a minute on The Advertising Show.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Mm. I love the sound of the rain. Mm. And I love the taste of your fresh food coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh food, it's new tray caps.
1: Like we said, nothing outlasts. Great classic spot with Ray Showens, Brad Forsyth, and the uh, advertising show here. And another segment with our special guest this weekend, Annie Cernovitz, who is CEO of Word of Mouth Marketing Association out of Toronto this weekend. Annie, welcome back to the ad show.
5: Glad to be here.
2: Yeah, and uh, by the way, if our listeners are interested, you you hear a lot of of what we're talking about today, fundamentals. We're going to be talking about some uh, interesting showcase ideas here about word-of-mouth marketing and the success stories. But if you ever wanted one book that really captures word-of-mouth marketing and and what you can uh, uh, do and how to integrate uh, these types of campaigns into your own existing marketing program, word-of-mouth marketing by uh, our guest today, How Smart Companies Get People Talking is uh, outstanding example of one book that really has it all. And as you mentioned, Ray, wordofmouthbook.com is a great place to go. I assume this is also available at Amazon.com, Andy? Of course. Yeah. And uh, I would encourage our listeners to check it out. Uh, You know, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, campaigns that have been in the uh, the news lately. For those that read any of the trade orgs, uh, I mean, sorry, trade publications, then you know about uh, Lonely Girl 5 and uh, a bit of... of the buzz that was created around that and then eventually the uh, realization, which I think even created more buzz about who is this person and what are they doing. Talk a little bit about the uh, Lonely Girl 5 campaign, if you would, please.
5: Sure, it was. I think it was Lonely Girl 15, but I'm sorry, 15. Make a difference.
2: Well, well she. This million. one was underage that we saw, but yeah, 15. 15 yeah, is underage too, Brad. Well, that's true. <laughs> sorry. I
5: mean, it, it's actually an interesting story, and it, it's an interesting story because in some ways it has nothing to do with marketing. That we had, if we had, if we had talked about this five years ago, we would talk about some independent filmmakers who created a serial episodic movie and got millions of people to watch their film and get discovered. And what happened is a lot of people who are watching this show on YouTube who heard about the fact that it wasn't a real girl you know, doing her online diary and that it was actually a couple filmmakers, mm-hmm. you know, people are a little cynical these days, and they, were, they, felt, that, they felt deceived that it was you know, a fictional piece of entertainment and not a real biography. And it's, a, it's a lesson to marketers out there that if you know, filmmakers are getting called on the carpet for you know, just making movies, you know, marketers who try to pretend to be real consumers are definitely going to get
2: busted. And, you know, it's interesting because when I saw that news item, uh, I went online and checked it out, and I think uh, almost, you know, it was as if more buzz. Maybe it was not uh, kept in the same original context that it was uh, uh, put forth. But uh, I think the little hiccup that, they, uh, uh, that was created about the authenticity there actually created more buzz and more interest in Lonely Girl 15 than it had uh, going in the door. Did you, did you find that to be the case? I mean,
5: the, the interesting question is about disclosure, and when you're when yeah. you're honest about who you are and, and what you do, you have more credibility, not less credibility. Right. I think that's, well, that's a confusing concept to people who are online is they think they need to be secretive, they think they need to hide the marketing relationships. But disclosure gives status. You know, saying, "Wow, I was a blogger who was selected to get free products," it says I'm an important person.
2: You know, we're wrapping up 2006 here. We're entering the holiday season. If you were to pick one outstanding campaign for for 2006 that really showcases the effectiveness of word-of-mouth marketing, which one would it be, Andy?
5: It's um, I hesitate because the word campaign doesn't always apply to word-of-mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
5: know, word-of-mouth is much more an experience. is much more of a you know, It's it's a way of creating great products and earning respect and building conversations. But I think we see a series of interesting things we see GM's fast lane blog where you've got you know, the vice chairman of the company blogging and getting thousands and thousands of daily visitors you know, turning around the message on a company that's otherwise getting a lot of heat yeah you know, we see great word of mouth about products that are that are leaking out as you guys started the show with you know, TVs that are being you know sold early just to get the buzz going right you know all these examples of you know look at these cool things um, Nintendo's Wii is getting a whole lot of early buzz. and In all these cases, it's not about some clever campaign as much as earning word-of-mouth by being, by being a good company.
2: And if it's not called campaign, what is it called? Effort? Uh, strategy? What, what, would, what would be a good way? Yeah. Well,
5: we, talk, there's, we, call, we put word-of-mouth in two big categories. There's organic word-of-mouth and amplified word-of-mouth. Organic is the kind of word-of-mouth that Starbucks has. You know, they're not doing a word-of-mouth program. People just like Starbucks, and they like to talk about Starbucks or Google or TiVo. So it, it emanates naturally out of being a great brand. Uh, amplified word of mouth is when you do a special offer or a publicity stunt or a viral email. It's specifically designed to generate word of mouth. And sometimes they're very sophisticated, and sometimes they're very easy. You know, when, I, when I put my book out last month, I mailed out 800 pre-release copies of the book, inside boxes of Dale and Thomas gourmet popcorn. <laughs> and folks like you get a whole lot of books that show up in envelopes with nothing in them but a press release.
2: Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, give people some free food, which always always works. Right. And people are talking about the book who probably wouldn't have noticed it otherwise.
2: Well, you know, you mentioned your book, and by the way, it took uh, Ray at least a week to get those kernels out of his teeth, but th- he did appreciate the uh, popcorn. My book
1: you... nukes real nice in the microwave. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay, it's good. Y- y- you know, in, in your book, uh, what-, what do we have? A couple minutes left here, Ray?
1: Actually, uh, let's see. I actually, it lasts almost a half a minute here. So, well,
2: I'm going to save plan. this. Yeah, I'm going to save this for next segment. But your book, uh, you mentioned three must-use word-of-mouth marketing tools, uh, and we're going to take each one of those examples, and we're going to showcase those next segment, but I th- again, I can't uh, urge you enough. If you're interested in word-of-mouth marketing, uh, wordofmouthbook.com is a great place to visit. Our guest is a great author and worth uh, worth a read, I think. And uh, two of the uh, three tools
1: are your mouth and your brain.
2: Okay? That's, and that probably be, that's probably
1: guess. a good guess. a good start, at least
2: there. <laughs> yeah.
1: On the Advertising Show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Andy Cernovitz, CEO, Word of Mouth Marketing Association, author of the book called Word of Mouth Marketing, How Smart Companies Got People Talking. That's what we're told today. We've got more with Andy and a whole bunch more to come, too, on the Advertising Show.
0: Simplifying the Complex World of Advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to the AdvertisingShow.com. This is The Advertising Show.
3: Because I'm a woman. I, should be. I can bring home a bacon. I fry it up in a pan. I shall eat. And never let you.
1: Speaking of things that won't fly today, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) commercial uh, on the advertising show. Good to hear, though. Uh, It's Andy Cernovitz out of uh, Toronto this weekend, and he is CEO of -of Word-of-Mouth Marketing and also author of the uh, book,
2: Word-of-Mouth Marketing, How Smart Companies Get People Talking. Andy, welcome back to the show. Hello. Yes, and uh, just for the record, he's out of Toronto, but the organization's uh, typically out hey, of hey, Chicago. He was
1: saying he uh, was thinking about staying in Toronto. So well,
2: I, there you go. Maybe like it's a, I think he's a draft dodger, but I'm not maybe sure. Maybe it's about time that time, he yes. did that. Hey, yeah. Uh, no, but the organization's originally based out of Chicago and it's a great city to, uh, to visit. Uh, you know, we were mentioning your book, uh, and before we talk about the uh, Must 3 word-of-mouth marketing tools, who, who did you have in mind when, when you wrote your book, Andy?
5: The book is much more for a guy who owns a restaurant than a Fortune 500 marketer. The word of mouth is such a hands-on tactical technique that it, it really works for regular people, regular businesses, guys who are doing a podcast, people running a dry cleaner. It's it's simple stuff. It's very intuitive. It's very hands-on. I mean, it's really the everyman's marketing technique.
2: And, you know, uh, I, I'm looking for the uh, copyright, but I think it came out in 06, right, Andy?
5: It came out three weeks ago.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, with, with, with the world of, of uh, technology changing so quickly, anything uh, in your book, of course, you know, you had to have written it several months ago to finally get it out three weeks ago. Any any new technology uh, developments that would pertain to a word of mouth that you wish you would have included uh, just in this short period of time?
5: Well, I very, I very intentionally downplayed social networks and blogs. Because these are these are tools, and they're and they're very hot right now. But wouldn't want this to be a book like you would have read... You know, five years ago where every book said, you should use something called a website. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more universal techniques, and, and word of mouth is not necessarily an online thing. You know, it happens as much between people in the office or on the street as it does on the Internet.
2: Yeah and you know uh, like I mentioned earlier the, the more than just the fundamentals but certainly the fundamentals the the uh the understanding of word of mouth it's it's all right there in your book as I mentioned last segment uh your book does include three must use word of mouth marketing tools Let, let's give a little time and discuss each of these uh examples starting with uh ask ask people to spread the word what can you uh how would a, p- a person go about that
5: it, it, it's sort of the obvious one that we forget. Is you just saying to somebody, "Don't forget to tell a friend." I mean, if it's a if it's a website, you know, putting the words "tell a friend" on a page. If it's a restaurant, when someone you know walks out the door, say, "Thanks a lot." You know, tell a friend, or here's a coupon for a friend. And it's this act of asking that reminds people that, they, that a business wants your help and needs your help and appreciates it. And it's sometimes just as simple as that.
2: And whether that's in person or uh, in any other uh, communication channel, I would assume that you're encouraging that no matter, no matter what the case may be, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, you guys should end this show with a don't forget to tell your friends to you mm-hmm. know, try out the podcast.
1: Yeah, You've got two well, minutes left. You've got a minute per idea here, okay? Yeah. Uh, and right.
2: your, your, your next point is uh, put everything in email. How can you do that without uh, over, overwhelming people?
5: Well, it doesn't mean blast out an email every time you, you send one, but yeah. you put an offer on your website, and it's sort of stuck there. You put it in an email, and it's forwardable, and it's viral, and it spreads. So you know, if your company doesn't have a weekly email newsletter, if you don't have a vip list where people can sign up to get new offers you're missing this amazing opportunity to make ideas portable so put everything you've got in a simple email message and if you're clever you've got the you know, the secret friends and family email that we all get from the gap and j crew the supposed employee only discount
2: right right
5: yeah, make it make it mobile is what happens when you put it in the email
2: yeah, and I think anybody that uses email—and that's all of us—we've uh, all forwarded things from time to time, sure. and and we do it because we you know want somebody else to enjoy what it is that we've discovered, uh, and that's an outstanding point. You you also mentioned, and we do it here at the Advertising Show. Uh, for example, in our archive, uh, we offer a link to forward a show to a friend or a relative, and uh, uh, or a business associate. And you say the third point is to put a tell-a-friend link on every page of your website.
5: It, it really. Is is that, that if you think about if someone wants to advertise for you for free, make that one click away. Because if you don't make it one click away, you're going to have to pay to advertise.
2: And you you know, I'm sorry, go ahead, Andy. If
5: if you want to figure out why YouTube is worth $1.8 billion and (laughs) the the 50 identical sites that also have free video hosting aren't, you look at a YouTube page and there's about eight ways on every page, every video, on how to forward it to a friend, how to forward it to your address book, how to put it on your blog, how to put it on MySpace. The $1.8 billion idea is YouTube putting forward to a friend in 17 ways in every page.
1: And on that note, we invite you to get the book. It's called Word of Mouth Marketing, How Smart Companies Got People Talking. Wordofmouthbook.com. You can also go to Amazon, too. Andy, it's been a pleasure, and thanks for joining us this weekend on the advertising show.
5: Glad to be here. Tell a friend.
1: There you go. We've got more in just a moment. As a matter of fact, Jeffrey Gittimer is on the way of talking about email, believe it or not. In just a minute. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. <laughs>
1: Thanks again to Andy Cernovitz, CEO of of Word-of-Mouth Marketing Association and author of the book Word-of-Mouth Marketing, How Smart Companies Get People Talking. You know, and it's nice to see that uh, there's a book being written specifically not for the Fortune 500 or 100, but for uh, the everyday Joes who go into business and uh, really don't have a clue about what they're doing. And that's not an insult. That's a fact, baby. Right. Email takes over. Jeffrey Gittimer in just a few moments. Uh, Another Andy. We have... uh, In our run of Andy's for the next couple of weeks here, we have Andy Cohen, author of Follow the Other Hand, uh, next week here on the Advertising Show. It's a magician book. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it is. Well, okay, whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Pull my finger.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's the other. No, that's not a joke. No, that's not I a mean, joke. a magic trick. Well, it trick. actually
1: is kind of a funny joke. It, it is. The, <laughs> there are 14,000 Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. Kentucky Fried Chicken, it's healthy food, And it, I've really. been to
2: 13,300. No, we don't eat that, do No,
1: we, we don't. No. 1,700 no. in China alone, my Get God. Get out. Oh, like uh, anyway, trying to um, kill
2: those people over there?
1: Well, what they're doing now is they've done something
2: with the icon, with Colonel Sanders. Oh, he's made and, him uh, kind of Asian looking for the Chinese? No, 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 no. no?
1: They took away, he, he, what did the colonel always wear? He had a suit on, and what color was yeah. it? It was a, had white, a white suit. White yeah. They have taken his jacket off. And they put a cook's apron Kimona. on, uh, as he found, uh, it, it, they're basically it's a worldwide redesign of the KFC restaurants, one of the world's most recognizable icons. So what they've oh. done is they've dressed him down. Man, that guy's got to be rolling his
2: grave. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Do you uh, no,
1: not, put, put not him know an
2: apron? He, was not, he had that little boat, that string tie, yeah. and the white uh, jacket and white pants and white shoes. That was, that was him, and the white hair. Right. Well, they
1: can let them keep us here.
2: black company, rim glasses.
1: The company unveiled the brand-new logo on uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, oh, my goodness. It uh, includes bolder colors and more well-defined uh, visage of the uh, the late Kentucky Fried Chicken founder who will keep his classic bow tie, his hmm. glasses, and his goatee. He will not be wearing pants, though. No. Oh. Yeah, he will. Wow. Well. Isn't that, you know, and it makes you think about That's it. Uh, colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders is all about Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Of course. You know, you just see him, you know the brand. Why, I, wonder what, I wonder why Wendy's didn't do that with Dave. Because right. Dave was as much of an icon for Wendy's as is Ronald McDonald or the yeah. Golden
2: Arches or something. You mean animate him and make him part of the, as they did with the colonel. Yeah, when, just when do something away. to keep yeah. him
1: around. But they've been trying to find other ways to say, okay, Dave's gone. What are we going to do? we got yeah. to do something. And everything that they've done so far has pretty much not done as good as it should have done.
2: They've struggled. You're right. But as
1: far as the food goes at Kentucky Fried Chicken, thanks but no thanks.
2: Mm. Uh, well, and they're the ones that just made the announcement on changing to the uh, tra- yeah. non-trans fat uh, Ish, you know, yeah, but not until oils next year or and so forth. Like that. That's right. Next year. Interesting. So load up on it this year if you like that kind of thing. I just,
1: you know, you eat that stuff, Brad, and you just don't feel good after. Eating That's it the is. first key. That yes. you, that you shouldn't, shouldn't be it. Then, yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. But we're, and we're not. We're not locking KFC. No, you like it, that's fine. It's just there's something there for everyone. We don't like it. That. That's where it goes.
3: Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey.
6: In case you hadn't noticed. Email has taken over. If you don't think it has, try to be without yours for a day or two. Email is the fastest, easiest, surest way to communicate. Email is always there to help you remember what you said or who you need to see. Email is a way to communicate to thousands of people at once with just one click. Email is right now. In order for you to capture the opportunity of email and master it, you have to beware and be aware email is permanent many people have gone to jail based on evidence from recovered emails so the first rule of email is every email is an impression of you misspelled words poor grammar and misuse of words like your y-o-u-r and your y-o-u apostrophe r-e are an immediate indication of not too bright here's some advice The best way to get an unsolicited email opened is to ask a question in the subject line that's specific to the recipient. For example, rather than say, this network is better than cable, you might ask, how much was your cable bill last month and what did you get for it? Or a funny subject line like, hey, Baldy, always gets my attention. Let me give you a, a little bit more short and sweet advice about email. Make yours short, make yours sweet, make yours to the point. Maybe because your ad sucks.
1: It's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and uh, just a, a couple of moments left in the show here. Andy Cohen's going to be with us next week. Andy is the author of Follow the Other Hand, and that'll be great to, uh, to, to catch up with Andy. Yeah. Uh, that will be the, uh, what was that, the week after, or the uh, couple of days after Thanksgiving at least.
2: Yeah, he's an ad guy too, you know. He owns an uh, advertising agency, and uh, he's all about innovation. It's uh, it's hmm. going to be a great show, and if you're into uh, new product innovation or how to get uh, innovative thoughts from your from your staff uh, and uh, others, it's a great, a uh, great read, and it's going to be a great show. Sweet, yeah. I invite
1: you always to uh, to visit our website, and uh, and as Andy Sarnovitz says, tell a friend about yeah. uh, about what's going on there. There, there are so many things. The accumulation of since two thousand and one, uh, actually September of two thousand and one, uh, to uh, to find on the website uh, there are lots and lots of podcast archive shows more than you'll ever believe and a lot of good stuff there too so check it out uh, and tell your friends to check it out too, theadvertisingshow.com so thanks again to Andy Cernovitz, CEO Word of Mouth Marketing Association today on The Advertising Show and uh, go get his book we uh, will be back uh, next week as I said with Andy Cohen and Andy of another name and after that it will be Andy Griffith and somebody else, author of Follow the Other Hand. So hope you had a great time today. The Advertising Show, it's Ray Schillings and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online anytime at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production, and we will talk to you next week.